0: Some people see crypto as an investment opportunity, but others see the potential for crypto to change the world. In today's episode, we welcome Desiree Dickerson, a super cool crypto chick who's working to help empower women in post-conflict societies using blockchain technology. We've got some news you can use, as well as the latest winner for two tickets to World CryptoCon in Las Vegas, the top crypto show in the universe, according to Joel's and Travis's moms. It's here, and it's episode number 105 of the Bad Crypto Podcast.
1: Five, four,
0: three, two, one. Two, Who's that? welcome to you my friend from Kiev da? I don't
2: are you cursing at me in Russian? No, I said I I said I don't know
0: okay <laughs> well and you're you about to, you're about to say
2: I don't know I don't know what you said and I'd be like that is exactly what I said
0: but then you stop Ocean your plow hole or something like that I don't know what it is you say but you are on the other side of the world and you know if we didn't tell people they wouldn't know you know any difference some people think we have a studio that we get together in to record the show
2: some people think we have studio we do not have studio some people think that we are rappers we are not rappers <laughs> We're not rappers. It's a feelings when they say we're not rappers.
0: <laughs> you hurt my feelings. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. And we are here to amuse, entertain, and inform you. I'm Joel Tom, That's Travis Wright. And it's true that our moms think we're the best.
2: We are here to make financial advice. Uh, oh no 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 mind. that's that's, that's, another the, that's show. the other podcast that's a different one that's <laughs> not this
0: one it is not the show and we've got a great show for you uh, Desiree Dickerson is doing good stuff with blockchain tech you're going to really enjoy this we've got some questions coming your way and we also will be announcing the winner for week two of the World CryptoCon weekly ticket giveaway mm-hmm. and tell you how you can also win for this event but first let's go to the feature You know, Mr. Travis Wright, blockchain opens up all kinds of opportunities for things to happen around the world. And some people are choosing to do really good stuff with the things that they're doing around the world with the blockchain things. And we are fortunate to have with us a crypto chick who is also a fan of the show and likes to listen to us at one and a half speed. So we're talking like this. Now when she goes and listens like this, it's going to sound really bad. Her name (laughs) is... Desiree Dickerson, and she is a blockchain and digital currency fellow at Women for Women International. And I'm going to I'm gonna let you, her tell you about the cool stuff that she's doing to empower women in post-conflict areas. Welcome to Bad Crypto, Desiree.
3: Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am definitely a huge fan. I, I love all things bad crypto.
0: You are truly bad then.
3: <laughs> definitely.
0: But you're doing uh, good. You, it's, yeah. It sounds like you're doing really good stuff. Tell us a little bit about what you're uh, you're working on.
3: Right. So um, for the past six months, I've been working with Women for Women International. Um, like you mentioned, I am the blockchain and digital currency fellow there. Really what the nonprofit does is they work with women, as you mentioned, in marginalized areas that are pretty post-conflict, like after wartime or some type of conflict, and um, they go through a year-long program where the nonprofit works on kind of social empowerment, financial empowerment, a lot of learning, and the women also get a $10 a month stipend for entrepreneurship programs and whatnot. So um, the CEO there, Lori Adams, is really amazing and she's really interested in emerging tech and really kind of getting in the front and in, in front of you know what's happening in technology and finding out how nonprofits can really um, can use technology to further their emissions. So um, really what we're working at is just figuring out how we, the organization can use blockchain to further their programs. So right now we're really focusing on uh, the financial aspect of um, blockchain. So um, really remittance payments, reducing fees and transaction speeds, and then also a lot with uh, financial inclusion, so banking for the unbanked. Um, so those are really our two biggest use cases that we're focusing on, and um, really the biggest hurdle that we've been um, dealing with is just the fact that these women are often the poorest of the poor, so they don't have access to technology or the internet. So really, that's our, our first hurdle that we're working on, and um, you know, maybe possibly launching some pilot programs around access to technology, so developing technology hubs, and then really partnering with some um, pre-existing um, companies who offer these services. So, you know, think BitPesa or BankU. Um, there's like a whole host of them. And so we're kind of um, looking into partnerships to act. To leverage pre-existing technology there, so it's it's really it's really a cool project. You know, one to three years out, but I'm kind of really just um, doing some exploration and, and laying down the groundwork for uh, what will be built out in the future.
2: Yeah, this is this is a great great organization from, from my research and and having chatted with you, uh, you know, on the twitters. Uh, so some of the key outcomes you guys have for the women, for Women International, like the the program. I I found was really cool. So you want to help women earn an income. You want to make sure that women are well, uh, women are decision makers and women have safety nets. And one thing that really struck me was that, you know, I guess you guys, you said you're, you're giving them X amount per, per month as kind of a stipend. And they're on like a one year, these women in these, in these war torn regions are, you know, they're on a one year deal. And, and the graduates of that one year program, Report an increase in revenue. They almost quadruple, almost five times their. They were normally making about thirty-seven cents a day whenever they start, and they 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 like quite more than quadruple that by the time that they that they graduate. So that's, it's pretty amazing. So what does this program sort of full on entail? Like if they're in there for a year, like what is the curriculum?
3: So I mean, the, the curriculum really varies. Like I mean, like you mentioned, like the entrepreneurial skills, but then also, um, you know, just like literacy um, is a big thing a lot of the women aren't literate so it's a really one huge focal point but then also financial literacy i mean the women like you said um, maybe making money for the first time ever like having lost loved ones and husbands in a war it's their first time making and saving money. So there's a lot about financial literacy and how to save money and not just how to make money. So that that's also a really big part of it. And one of the coolest parts of this program where I've really never seen anywhere else is, you know, you talked about um, having women be becoming decision makers. And a lot of times you can empower these women, but they're, they still exist in an environment that's not accepting of strong, powerful women. And so they actually have a men's program that they do alongside the women's program. and it's it's not as long and intensive, but they bring all the men in the community and a lot of the community leaders and do a lot of teaching and um, training around, you know what what to expect of the women after this program. and you know, teaching them that women can, you know have a lot more financial power and also like socio, economic power in the community. So that's really one of like my favorite parts of everything that women for women is doing right now.
0: So what kind of, uh, which currencies then do you feel will be, you know, most effective for cross-border money transfers? What are you looking at using that you think will be most uh, efficient and cost-effective?
3: Yeah. So I I think, you know, we haven't really gotten that far down the line in, in making a call. You know, I think, That's still really up in the air. Um, You know, I know like BitPesa is using Bitcoin, but there's, you know, like the Stellar Lumens are out there as well. Um, You know, I think, you know, I've been doing some writing for Philanthropy Journal on really how nonprofits can um, approach using blockchain and cryptocurrency. So I think it's really a case by case basis. Um, You know, I think it really the use case matters the most when you're transferring money. I mean, you, you wouldn't think about, you know, remittance fees, like not being 7 to 10% and with um, fast transactions. But, you know, for things like use cases like property rights or identity management, you know, you're obviously going to want to shift more towards something with like Ethereum or, you know, something like that. So I think it's really a case-by-case basis.
0: Yeah, we're, we're fans of, and both hodling some Stellar Lumens um, from from way back, And it's so fast and that, you know, one of the problems that Bitcoin is, you know, had is these high fees.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. (laughs) You don't want to replace like the already high fees of remittance payments, um, you know, with your really traditional ways of um, transitioning. sending money, but, um, you know, you don't want to replace that with just more high fees and, you know, a more logistically burdensome way of like dealing with cryptocurrencies. Cause obviously there's a a huge barrier to entry when you're considering, you know, (laughs) teaching people about cryptocurrencies who don't really know a lot about, you know, finances to begin with.
2: You know, I have a, I have a question around like how you went down the rabbit hole, Uh, because I, I did a little research on, on this and I want to hear the story. So about uh you know you when you were at georgetown university you were wasting some time on reddit and you stumbled upon dogecoin and uh, oh what what happened after you discovered dogecoin
3: i um yeah so i mean i have finally kind of after 10 years cured my reddit addiction recently but in when i was at georgetown i was in a really small program so i don't have a lot of friends my first year so i was just constantly on reddit and my big thing on Reddit is I love the subreddit, like, um, our relationship advice, because I love to give relationship advice. And so just, I love, like, the giving back aspect. And so I stumbled on Doge Grant I don't even know how. And I just kind of fell in love with the community. So I kind of got addicted to that and the whole faucets. And then, I mean, I, at one point, tried to, like, mine Dogecoin I don't even know what I was doing, but I ended up breaking my computer, um a, a really really poor grad student. I ended up having to use the desktop computer at, um, at Georgetown university for like a year and a half while I finished my program. <laughs> so um, it, it was really painful. So that's kind of what. You could have had somebody,
2: you could have had the Dogecoin community uh, tip you and say, I ruined my computer. <laughs> what can I do? And
3: <laughs> I, 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 I should have. And then, you know, I've kind of like since then been, you know, watch, watch, li- li- reading about it passively and just learning about cryptocurrencies and blockchain. And then I would say, you know, a year and a half ago, I actually had my book bag stolen when I was in Dublin and my, um, my Nintendo DS was in there, which I was addicted to. So once that was gone, I was like, all right, I am just going to like go full force into this and just, you know, start working in the space. And so that's why I just kind of started volunteering, helping people out. And, you know, now it's like kind of accumulated to actually doing real impactful work, which is amazing. I would have never imagined being here.
2: Thank you, Reddit. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right on. So you are working on a project right now that's developing uh, tech hubs, actual hubs in Rwanda, right, to, to help with this program. Have you actually been feet on the ground there in the country?
3: nope no i have not so um you know we kind of built out this pilot proposal um you know and that it's something that would need funding and it is a little bit way down the line so but i have not been to rwanda on um, all their staff like their full-time staff are really trained in those type of situations and so i'm not really up to speed on Uh, You know, Rwanda would be fine, but some of the other areas they serve, like Afghanistan or South Sudan, I would probably not be very well. Time to go there. I,
0: I think Rwanda, you know, because of film and all that is uh, something that's a little more well known here to, you know, the Western world about the conflicts with the the Hutus and the Tutsis. And I think one other, you know, clan that they descended from and and the atrocities that have happened there. So there certainly is a, a need for rebuilding. And I'd love to see technology efforts and blockchain efforts leading the way.
3: Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that this is a really amazing opportunity. And it, it's a really good kind of like sandbox for um, women for women to play in and really kind of lead the way in this space. And like I said, um, you know, the leadership there is, you know, so excited about this technology that, you know, that that's why they put the, this fellowship out there. So, you know, we're kind of the next few weeks we're coming to an end and kind of going to be making some decision points. So, um, you know, hopefully over the next few months um, you'll be seeing something even, even greater.
2: I want to, I want to ask about, you know, I've we've been to a lot of conferences now in the crypto space and it seems like, you know, maybe 20% women. Um, it seems that in this space is because it's, it's such a technical it's, it's, you got to kind of be a super nerd to like really like this, right? In a lot of ways, what is it going to take for us to get to mass adoption and and get more women to understand the power of blockchain and and they start using cryptocurrencies? Because I think that that is the missing piece. That's what it's going to take to get. Because you know the you know in in most. You know, statistics, I've been, you know, Joel and I have been in marketing for a long time. You know, women hold the, the, the purse strings for most households, and most of the money decisions are made by women, yet most women aren't using crypto yet. You know, there's a, there's a, a bunch of amazing women in blockchain that are moving things forward, uh, but I, we're still not seeing a whole lot of adoption from women using crypto. What are, what are some things that you think that, that uh, could maybe help move that forward?
3: Yeah, you know, I always think it's really interesting when people say that there's not a lot of women with cryptocurrency. I mean, I, I tend to believe that. But then I, I mean, I don't know how we would really know outside of, you know, a bunch of people saying it on Twitter or elsewhere, because I mean, last time I bought cryptocurrency, I didn't like identify my gender. But so I think that's interesting. But I, I and I do know person, a lot of women who aren't really active in the, the space and in the culture who have invested in crypto. Um, but I, I think that there's really just kind of an institutional barrier to having women be interested in technology and finance. And I think that's you know something that has been going on for you know, the length of time and only recently have we seen um, a lot of really concerted effort to getting women really interested in the sciences and technology and whatnot. So, I mean, I think, you know, there's something that needs to be done that's more long-term looking where it's, you know, teaching women about STEM and kind of empowering them in that way. But then, you know, women now, I think really just kind of creating a place that's, Comfortable for women to operate in. You know, I've been really lucky, and everyone who I've worked with and kind of interacted in the space um, has been really wonderful and supportive. But you know, there's a lot of hate out there. I mean, I recently just today finally got like the most insane Twitter cyber bully banned after after quite a while um, on Twitter. So I mean, I think it's just you know, kind of having like seeing the men play advocates for women in this space is really important. So, you know, not just like letting, you know, kind of women forge a path, but like really act as partners and, you know, getting their work out there and and, and really well-regarded.
0: Desiree I'm looking at your Twitter stream right now and I see and I'm not going to repeat the name that they use but you know I, I'm no for uh not a foreigner to my photo being used on fake accounts in fact I, I get they get reported on a daily basis and I'm sorry this has happened to you did the account get taken down or are they still considering it a parody account um
3: for a while they were considering it a parody account, which I don't really understand because from, you know, some of the messages I've received, this account was actually, like, um, sending fake nude photos pretending to be me in return for Bitcoin, Um, um, which is awful. And also, like, I wasn't making any money out of that. So it's, like, really unfair. But no, yeah, for a while, Twitter would just respond with this is a parody account. But I mean, if you look at the thread, there's, like, hundreds of people who who reported it. So um, I think Today, finally, they, I don't know if it's suspended or banned or really what the, the difference is there, but um, the account's still active, but there's, um, you, you can't view their tweets.
0: I mean, is that what it takes? I, I've, I've faced that same thing where there are accounts that Twitter won't take down that it's using my copyrighted pictures and they're saying it's parody and it's not. It's a fake account, somebody using my photo to scam other people. Uh, Twitter's got some big problems, don't they?
3: Yeah, I and mean, in the terms of service, it says that if an account is a parody account, they actually have to state that on the page, which I've never seen a case in which that actually happens unless it's a true parody account. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, Twitter is, you know, they've been shadow banning and, and censoring a lot of what people have been putting out there in the crypto space. And, and you know, I think it's. It, it's going to be really tough for them moving forward. I mean, this is really a huge ripe opportunity for someone in the blockchain space to create something where, you know, we're not relying on a centralized entity to, you know, protect users or not censor people, you know, it really needs to be kind of a community driven, um, you know, kind of policing effort. I just I think we need something better than Twitter at this
0: point. It looks like you're writing a piece right now about Twitter banning. Uh, you write for 21 cryptos. What what have you discovered about that?
3: Um, yeah, so I put a kind of a call for stories out there. Um, you know, and it's been like, I think, a month now um, where people have just been randomly being banned. And a lot of it um, stemmed from kind of like these parody, these awful parody accounts of people writing in the comments and saying, oh, if you send me. You know, 0.5 ether. I'll send you three ether and return that whole that whole scam. Um, and so people were getting banned for that. But then, you know, I, you know, I, I honestly, I, I've had probably 50 people send me their stories, and I've, you know, spent a lot of time having conversations with these individuals, and I really can't find a common thread, to be honest, besides the fact that they were tweeting about. Cryptocurrency. And so, you know, there was a shadow banning where people could still tweet, but no one would see it. And then there's just like all of these suspended accounts. And, you know, someone told me today that they've had their Twitter account for 11 years um, and they've really worked at creating a community around the content that they put out. And it's something that they, they take great pride in and they really care about. And so it's, you know, it's really kind of hurt these people. And it might sound silly that it's just social media, but, you know, the, the fact that we have this place to have an open dis- forum for discussion and, you know, really create a global community and Twitter is Twitter's censoring that and policing it now, it seems just like so big brother to me.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it has been a big problem and it's not just Twitter. Like we, Bad Crypto, we got banned off of YouTube. They sent us an email and then they, they said that, hey, we had an email, a video that was flagged. One minute later, they sent us a, 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 an email that said our channel was suspended. One minute later, they shut down all of our all of our Google Google Drive, our Gmail, and we had to log what? back in. And yeah, and um, we had no strikes against us. They said that one of our videos, which was basically a Coinbase tutorial of how to sign up and get your ten dollars free, because we had some users that had asked about that. So you know, not only is Twitter doing that, you know, Google's doing that. And there's, there's a big push against, you know, people who are either pushing, you know, these, these cryptocurrencies and blockchain solutions, they've also sort of been wiping out anybody who's conservative at all, like their point of view is being eliminated from social media. So these centralized platforms are causing, are causing a big problem. And once they start bullying the blockchain community, somebody's certainly going to come up with some solution that, uh, that fixes it eventually.
3: Oh, yeah. I, mean, um, I think InvestFeed was um, a new, like, blockchain-based um, kind of p- chat platform for the crypto community that just came out. Um, so a lot of people at least created accounts there just in case they were banned. But, yeah, I mean, I've heard Google's really cracking down on, like, anything crypto right now, which, I mean, there are a lot of scams. But at some point, people have to do their own research and you can't really negatively impact 90% of people to just protect, you know, 2%. It doesn't really make sense.
0: Well, we kind of live in an age that uh, people like to whine and be offended. I'm not sure where they learned it, but I don't know. It, it bothers me uh, a lot.
2: Wait a second. Are you whining about people whining? I am. That is so meta.
0: <laughs> Well, Desiree, it's exciting to hear the the cool things that that you're doing. And is there anything else you'd like to, the citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia to know about?
3: Oh man. Um, you know, I think really just like like I just said, like do your own research, like protect yourself. And then, you know, I I always kind of encourage people to, you know, educate everyone else around you. We can't just live in a bubble. So like you know places like coin center are doing really great work to help educate our lawmakers and our regulators and so supporting organizations like that like i can't really stress that enough but yeah i mean just let's just not make this a crypto community let's make this an everybody community like everybody should know about crypto and blockchain so you know start by educating your grandma uh, that, that that's really that's uh, really
2: my No, that's so great cuz I was going to ask you that. I was like, you know, cuz everyone says explain it to me like I'm 5. So let's let's not do that. Let's say explain it to me like I'm 85. Real quick, what what is blockchain? How how would you how would you tell your grandma about what blockchain is?
3: I think that, you know, I get asked this question all the time and, you know, I'm a firm believer that like you will never understand it in one sentence, but I think the most important thing is telling people not what blockchain is, but what blockchain can do. You know, don't tell me how, I don't, I don't care. I don't need to know how a motor works in order for me to get from DC to Miami. Like, I just need to know that it can get me to a more beautiful place when there's six inches of snow on the ground like today. I mean, I think. About blockchain, you're just talking about it in that way where, you know, this is like a new technology that's going to decentralize power and, you know, give people the power again, you know, that there's going to be less censorship. It's really a technology to change the way that we've been banking, change the way that we've been receiving information online. You know, I, I think explaining it that way is um, a lot more powerful than telling someone that's, like, oh, this is a decentralized, immutable ledger, blah, 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 blah. Like that, that doesn't really help most people who aren't really interested to begin with.
0: Yeah. You can really get lost in the, uh, the vocabulary and, and before the explanation even begins, I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Decentralized ledger immutable. Uh, wait, I, let me get my dictionary. So, uh, we appreciate that. Well, we appreciate you coming on too. I have one last question for you. If you go to, uh, your Twitter profile, your header is Skeletor. Come on. What's that all about?
3: Oh man. I don't know. I, I, I think this started, like, a long time ago when I was in junior high. It was, like, my favorite insult to say to people. um, was called them Skeletor. I don't know. It was really strange. And so I've kind of just, like, channeled that. Um, I, I just think he's just, like, a, a hilarious character.
2: <laughs> Joel, you're such a
0: Skeletor. <laughs> oh, sh- She doesn't feel that way about me. She likes us. Well, she likes me. Now she doesn't like you. Now you're Skeletor. Oh Hmm.
2: man, this is horrible.
0: Well, Desiree, thanks again for, uh, for joining us. We appreciate it. And I know our listeners are going to get a lot of out of hearing uh, what you had to say today.
3: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. This was such a joy being on. I'm so pumped. You have no idea. And yeah, thanks for everything you guys do. I mean, I learned so much just from, listening to your podcast all the time.
0: Hey, before we get into the questions and comments for this episode, be sure that you go to the Bad Crypto Mastermind and look for the post for this episode, number 105, because we want to know what uh, juicy quotes you pulled out. There's, I, You know, Desiree said some great stuff and whatever you found most compelling, if you'll share that as a comment in the Bad Crypto Mastermind under this post, then we might memify you and create a graphic that would then have submitted by your name here on it. So be sure to do that badcode.in forward slash mastermind and look for this post.
1: Bad crypto inbox. You've got mail.
0: All right. Our first question,
2: comment from GK. I'm from Canada. I love your show, eh? And I listened to it religiously while drinking Elsinore beer. You hoser? (laughs) Take off. He didn't. They didn't actually say that part there. Uh, uh, The other day I was listening to a live webcast by Justin's son. I was also reading the tweets at the same time, and there were a lot of comments about his English and presentation skills not being good. I know that in a centralized world, it pays to have great communication skills, uh, but I would expect crypto supporters to be a bit more broad-minded and to try to understand someone's vision not to judge this guy based on his language skills. I would love to know your thoughts on this. Also, I have a suggestion. We need a T-shirt with the following quote, keep calm and do the right thing. <laughs> I will totally buy it. Very nice. Of course, calm, calm. spelled
0: C-O-M-M and right spelled the wrong way, W-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, you know, look, that is clever. everybody's not going to have great uh, communication skills. Y'all need to be a bit more broad-minded out there, crypto community.
2: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, listen to what you enjoy listening to uh, if, you know, and, and it's one of those things where maybe that persuades him to get better communication skills. But here's the thing. I, don't, don't dog on somebody about that. That guy's out there doing his thing, right? Uh, if you're out there dogging on somebody who's doing their thing, how about you get out there and do your own thing? And don't be dogging on somebody else who's doing their thing. Yeah, I want to dog on your thing.
0: <laughs> don't dog on my thing.
2: Well, sorry about your thing, just a
1: joke huh? Bad voicemail. You have one new message. Hey, guys, it's Mike in Queens. I'm just trying to get me some of that magical internet money. What's up, Travis and Joel? My name is Ripley. I'm from Wisconsin. I had a question here about crypto that I'm curious on. But before I ask you guys that, I just want to say thank you so much for the podcast. I listen to it anytime I can. I've listened to every single episode. Absolutely love it. You guys are real. And although some people say they don't like the funniness, I definitely love what you guys got going on here. You got a good vibe. Uh, my question is regarding stock markets. I got a few uh, relatives and everything who have a large sum of money in stocks or mutual funds or anything like that. But I have a question. Do you think crypto is slowly going to eat away at the market cap? of the stock market or do you think that crypto is going to provide a channel for people to build a little bit of wealth so that they are then able to begin investing in the stock stock market for themselves all right guys thanks take care and stay bad
0: rick thanks for calling and of course we invite y'all all all y'all to call the bad crypto hotline number is what mr travis right that number is 708
2: 885 9030, 708
0: 885 9030. Mr. And Joel when Com. you call now, you get this free slicer, dicer, puree or in a set of Ginsu knives. Now, but wait, there's you, more. There's bad yeah. jokes from Jolin yeah. Province and random sing songs. That's all you're going to get, actually. There's no knives. Sorry. Uh, so, you know, the question is as people invest in crypto, Based companies more is that going to eat away from the uh, the money that's being invested in stocks or mutual funds? And, and I would say that you know money is a zero sum game. There's only so much wealth in the world, and we create more wealth, right? That's the goal. But at any time, there is a certain supply of money out there, and people have to decide where they're going to invest in right? Are they going to put it in a stock, in a mutual fund, in a bond? Are they going to put it in cash, hide it under their mattress? Are they going to buy precious metals or are they going to buy crypto? And certainly as the crypto market cap grows, that means some wealth is likely to be shifted. In fact, we've read articles, Travis, that millennials are, you know, more likely to invest in crypto than in stocks.
2: The, um, what was it? The the head of the CFTC, John uh, Carlo, he had mentioned that his whole family likes crypto way more than they like stocks. And so I think as generations, you know, advance in age, you know, some of the old school people love the stocks. Younger people love the cryptos. Uh, and and Joel mentioned you said that there's there's a finite amount of money. Well, that's true. I have a finite amount of money in my bank account, but the Federal Reserve. Can just print a bunch more if they want. So I mean, there's kind of a finite amount. So I mean, that's one of those things. And, and you know, I've read that there is upwards of 1.5 quadrillion dollars worldwide when you talk about paper dollars, uh, digital dollars, which you know it's 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 still dollars, but they they're they're not printed. They're just numbers on the screen. Digital dollars, um, stocks, bonds. Bills, T you know, the, the the note, treasury notes, et cetera, et cetera, derivatives. Uh, 1.5 quadrillion. And right now, 300, $400 dollars is in the crypto market. Is there room to grow? Yes. Will all of that be, go in the crypto market caps down the road? Eh. Doubtful. But will a lot of it? Yeah. Where it comes from, eh, it's it's it, to me it's inconsequential. It's going to come from somewhere, and uh, you know the, that stock that 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 the stock market may take a hit. In theory, it would say that when the stock market takes a hit, crypto should go up. When the stock market takes a hit, the gold market should go up. But there's still some big money hands in there that does a little bit of manipulation from time to time, and so
0: you know it doesn't always do what you think it should do. So I guess we'll see. Indeed, we shall. We do like your questions. If you already have the number to call us or you can write us, badcryptopodcast at gmail.com or click the link on the website that says contact Travis and Joel. And that's another way to reach us. And now let's go to the news. This just in, uh, we have a winner. Ding, 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 ding. As you guys know, the World Cryptocon is coming up. October 31st through November 2nd in Las Vegas, worldcryptocon.com. And they are giving away, via the Bad Crypto podcast, a pair of tickets every week. Every stinking week, a pair of tickets. And we are pleased to announce uh, that we have a winner for this week, Travis. That
2: is true. Every single week, uh, we're creating winners. I can tell you one guy who's not tired of winning – And his name is Edward Rabino. Edward, you are a winner. And don't let anybody tell you anything differently because you are a winner. And doggone it, people like you and you're smart and you're really handsome. And, I mean, you got so much going for you.
0: And you're going to be going to Vegas. Yeah, two tickets, one for you and a friend. And uh, you get chicken for dinner, Edward. And one for for your mom. You can take your mom las vegas with you everyone likes to take their mom to vegas how do you win simple go to badco.in forward slash wcc that's how you win. Well, that's how you enter to win. It's not how you win. Uh, what that does is it signs you up for our weekly newsletter, which we are now doing weekly, actually. Uh, you know, we're, we're pulling the team together to get things done to make sure you get timely info, and uh, the newsletter is going to go out, is going out each week, and you have to subscribeify and be on that list, and we select a random winner. So if you want to enter to win, badco.in forward slash WCC, and you will have a shot, and we'll We'll announce another winner next week. Forward slash winner, hashtag
2: winner, winner.com.org.
0: <laughs> All right, so what else we got going on in the news? What's happening in the great state of Tennessee? Tennessee, Tennessee.
2: So in the great state of Tennessee, the governor of Tennessee has recently signed a bill that legally recognizes blockchain data and smart contracts under Tennessee state law. So if somebody puts something on the blockchain and has that as a smart contract that is a triggering on certain you know,
0: rules, then the state of Tennessee says that that is a legal contract. And binding, uh, it actually, the text of the bill says, as introduced, recognizes the legal authority to use blockchain technology and smart contracts in conducting electronic transactions, protects ownership rights of certain information secured by blockchain technology. So, I, you know, I think that's good. Let's recognize that blockchain is a legitimate way to store data and uh, is contractually legitimate.
2: Yep. And that's that. This is like one of the other states, you know, Wyoming had some big stuff go through with blockchain. There's becoming a whole lot of new blockchain initiatives that are popping up in Wyoming. And there's also a couple of laws uh, in in a couple other states. The law is very similar to what's going on in Florida and Nebraska. Um, However, the Florida bill has died on the calendar and the Nebraska bill has not yet been voted on. But um, Arizona also has a similar a measure that uh, into law last May. So more and more states are blockchainificationizing
0: uh, their their laws. Uh, meanwhile, south of the equator, I, I thought this was a joke when I first saw it, and then I realized this is actually true. You know, Pablo Escobar is the uh, the Colombian drug lord who's who's now deceased. His brother, Roberto, has come up with an alternative to Bitcoin via a hard fork, <laughs> and it's called Diet Bitcoin. Diet <laughs> less Bitcoin. filling, tastes great.
2: <laughs> Ta- yeah, tastes great. Now, now this is going to be called DDX on the exchanges, and actually, Roberto de Jesus Escobar Gaviera's website for Diet Bitcoin has a 281-page PDF called "The True Story." Uh, by robert escobar roberto escobar for pablo escobar's diet bitcoin so so basically he's calling out the u.s government for you know basically being a fraud he says i'm the first person in the world roberto de jesus escobar gaviera to uh, publicly come out and claim that bitcoin was created by the american government and i am not going to be the last person to say this the world is going to wake up the world is going to see that this was created by them. And when they see it, it is too late. And when the CIA founds out, <laughs> founds out that the world knows about this, the CIA is going to sell all their coins and they will destroy the value of Bitcoin. That is why I, Roberto de Jesus Escobar Gaviera, is creating my own cryptocurrency called Diet Bitcoin, DDX.
0: Well, this this gets more entertaining because you know in this book that Roberto has written, he says that Satoshi Nakamoto approached him about cryptocurrencies. That this you know he he's actually spoken with Satoshi Nakamoto. So,
2: or as he calls him, El Conejo. <laughs> I get a call this time. It was from El Conejo. El Conejo is telling me that uh, he is talking to Satoshi Nakamoto. He is not just talking. He is with him right now in Lima, Peru. I say El Conejo. I do not know who this man is. Bring him to my house. El Conejo responded, okay.
0: Ah, All righty. Uh, Meanwhile, back in uh, civilization, (laughs) this story out of Investopedia, the Winklevoss twins unveil proposal for self-regulation of crypto markets. Can self-regulatory organizations provide a solution to the regulation problem in crypto markets? The uh, Winklevoss twins, Tyler and Cameron, they're the ones that own the uh, trading exchange Gemini, think so. Uh, I would I would like to believe that that is true.
2: We shall see. So they've unveiled a proposal for a virtual commodity association, which is going to be a self regulatory organization for the crypto markets, and uh, it's going to promote price discovery, efficiency, transparency. You know, we've chatted with a couple of folks that are doing some stuff trying to, you know, not necessarily regulate, but at least sort of organize the exchanges because every single exchange has its own price of Bitcoin, right? And with the stock market, if you want to buy the price of Apple, the price of Apple is the same across every single exchange. Now with, with crypto exchanges, th- there's opportunities for arbitrage where the prices are not the same. If you're trying to get a you know Bitcoin in uh, South Korea, the price is going to be in some cases 15, 20, 25% more than what it would be in some cases in America, so, you know what? I think it would be good to have some sort of, you know, organization and, and regulation in this. It would be good if we could self-regulate because once the big government tries to regulate for us, normally we don't
0: win. We, we need to get the winkle vi on the show. Again, Cameron and Tyler, the, uh, the summoning uh, is out there. We would love for you to, to come be on the show. And also on the wish list remains, Andreas Antonopoulos and Vitalik Buterin and uh, among others that we would love to have here on the show. So Winklevi, come visit with Bad Crypto. It will be good.
2: That will be awesome. And we also do not like the Zuckerberg. So we have that in common. So we are brethren. He's not invited. He's not invited. Uh, invited. I'm I'm
0: adding a last-minute news item to uh, to the show here, Travis, and I dropped it in the show notes because I got targeted with an ad. For it. Uh, we And the reason I thought we should talk about it is because we talked a lot about Crypto Kitties and we knew oh. that there would be other collectible crypto games to come along. And now uh, there is an ICO going on for Blockchain Cuties, blockchaincuties.co, cutest blockchain collectible game with adventures.
2: Who? With adventures. Yeah. So you get to play with puppies, lizards, bear cubs, cats. And other real fantasy creatures alike. And each cutie is unique and 100% belongs to you. If you want to breed a lizard with a bear cub, go right ahead. If you want to (laughs) merge a cat with a puppy, that's going to be some weird shit. But feel free to do it.
0: science experiments what they you know what they've done is they've taken yeah. it it looks like they intend to take it next level you can breed them or you can have them battle um and level them up and then they're they are um on the ethereum blockchain and the cuties are erc 721 tokens i'm not sure what those are but like erc 20 based they can be transferred or sold to other players like regular crypto, so if you want to check that out, um, they actually have a beta going on now. Crypto cuties, uh, blockchain Dot co is that thing there. Well, since you mentioned Mr. Joel Calm, about the seven
2: twenty-one ERC seven twenty-one, there's also an ERC two two three, and then of course the ERC twenty. And uh, so I put a, a link here in the show notes. Obviously, the ERC-20, that's the most common one, most 99%. Most all of the ICO tokens on top of Ethereum is using the ERC-20 token. And it actually shows you the code of that. The ERC-223, uh, that, was, that was introduced by a developer who decided to solve some issues uh, with the ERC-20 tokens. And there's some advantages and talks a little bit about that what you can do with that one and then there's also the 721 token and there's also some other ERC uh standards as well so there are more than uh, than one type of of token Mr Mr Joel
0: you're googling things so i don't have to i like that that you know we we're on the fly here uh show prep is happening as we're talking the ERC 721 is a non-fungible token and i kind of you know uh i kind of like my tokens non-fungible well
2: you, you you all about fun right you wrote a book the fun formula maybe your next book will be the fun fungible formula
0: you know here's something else that i learned that i did not know and i never really stopped to think what does erc mean i know that i i figured that the e in it stood for ethereum but erc stands for ethereum request for comments So it's calling upon the community of the developers to create standards for, you know, how the token works within the Ethereum ecosystem. And so what we're most familiar with is the ERC-20, by which most smart contracts have the standard of, you know, what can be listed on various exchanges without extra technical work. And we've got a link to a medium Article which Mister Travis Wright has googled so that you can learn more about this.
2: I want to I tell you, man, about my new ERC token. It's the ERC four hundred and twenty, and it's totally it's it's it's
0: a it's a token, man. Don't, don't worry about it. It <laughs> sounds like you've been token. <laughs> uh, and as we wrap up the news here, Travis, we've got a poll that is um, happening on the Bad Crypto Mastermind right now. And I don't want to give away any of the results because I don't want to influence them at all. But if you guys go look at the Bad Crypto Mastermind and just do a search for crypto news in the left side. Did you know that you can search Facebook groups really easily? Go to badco.in forward slash mastermind. And on the left side, you'll see search this group. And if you type in crypto news, Two words, it'll come up with a poll. And what we're talking about doing now that we've got this format change where we're getting into the feature first and then doing the questions and then doing the news, what would you guys think of us pulling the news out of regular episodes completely and doing a dedicated episode once a week where it's all news, you know, where we just go somewhere between 10 to 12 news items for the week and travis and i just do news so go find the poll go vote leave your comments let us know what you think you know just like the crypto world is constantly changing and adapting a bad crypto podcast also changing and adapting to best serve your needs because we the benevolent dictators of the republic of bad cryptopia love you the citizens
2: yeah, and you know that's one of the things about this is that you know with our first 100 episodes, you know if you go back and listen to some of those episodes, the the news is very dated, right? It was it happened in July, happened in August, September, whatever, and then you'd have to you know kind of scroll through our banter to get to the feature. Some people have told us in the past, quit the banter, man. We just want the feature, and so this kind of is is a win for everyone because if you like what it is that we talk about in the news. If you like what it is that we talk about with the other different things, you know, we we put the feature first then we go into our comments from you guys and questions from you guys. Then we go into the news. Maybe we're thinking about pulling that news out and only having one article, um, you know, Or one podcast a week that's just news. And maybe maybe we do a Facebook Live with that, Mr. Jokom.
0: Right. We go live so the community can uh, interact with that in the Mastermind. And then that becomes, the audio from that becomes the podcast. And, And maybe we should just have a show where it's only banter, Travis. Because we have some people that are like, oh, we love the banter. You guys are hilarious. And so it's the banter edition of the Bad Crypto Podcast.
2: Yeah, maybe we need
0: a new numbering system for that. Bad Crypto Banter 001. Well, that is enough banter. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Please give us your feedback. Reach out and touch someone with crypto. But
2: do it it with with their permission,
0: though. Don't do it in a weird way. Don't reach out and touch someone. And so there's that. And with one final piece of instruction to the citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia... You know what you got to do? You got to stay bad. and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Oh my gosh, I lost you right here at the end. That's, that's funny. All right, I'm just going to finish it then here.
3: Who's